Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. eGovernance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Hello, welcome to Listening eGovernance Academy podcast. My name is Hannes Astok. I'm a deputy director in eGovernance Academy, and I'm happy host, to host today my colleague Linnar Wieck, who is a director of a Smart Governance program in the eGovernance Academy. Hello, everybody. European Commission has recently, in the middle of 2020, uh, launched and presented the Digital Economy and Society Index, what we call the DESI Index. So what kind of index it is, Linnar? Why we need this kind of index and what this index tells us? There are a number of different methodologies to measure the digital transformation success and progress all around the world in different sectors, in different societies. We know that World Bank has uh, a methodology to to measure the impact uh, of digital investments. World Economic Forum has similarly built up uh, technology perspective and competitiveness perspective. United Nations has a digital government and digital development related. Also different other regional organizations. European Commission and broader European Union have amended a rather comprehensive index which is based mostly on the Eurostat, the European Common Statistical Data Sets Index where more important than the index itself are the subcomponents. That uh, report has been published annually since 2014 already, and uh, the five sub-areas are rather well balanced. And to go with very quickly through... It's about connectivity, it's about the skills and human capital, it's about the use of internet in society, then it's about the use of digital technologies in the private sector, and finally, public services available digitally, which is the government digital transformation. So it's a rather well-balanced approach, and this is also why it has become kind of lacmus paper of the government policies and success of government policies around the Europe. And when Europe aims towards unbalanced uh, approach where all the member states would benefit similarly from the digital solutions, It also would show what are the national governments succeeding or where are they failing. And also it's worth to measure that, um, to mention that uh, it measures uh, the progress of European Union member countries. Uh, Currently 28 countries were measured, including United Kingdom. Either they are almost already departed European Union, but in this index they were still uh, participants. So um, 28 European countries and, uh, and a, lot of, um, a lot of things were measured, progress were measured. So until, before we go into skills and human capital, what is the like, general conclusions? Who are the champions? Who are the laggards? Uh, what we can summarize, uh, first of all, 
European success stories are getting close already to the worldwide leaders. We are lagging a little bit behind United States. We are rather close to other European non-EU countries such as Switzerland, Norway, but also the EU average is below the countries uh, like New Zealand, Israel, Japan, Australia. The top four performers uh, in digital transformation and DESI index in Europe, uh, Finland, Sweden, Denmark and the Netherlands, so-called the Nordic Tigers together with the Netherlands, uh, are uh, uh, really doing well in uh, all the different segments and uh, the top four are quickly followed by Malta, Ireland, Estonia and what we can say by looking on the size of those countries we can say that uh, the countries which are leading first of all are small member states of European Union secondly they are countries which have a strong focus on digital skills and on their territory, they have been also focusing a lot on connectivity. Uh, when it comes to Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Netherlands, uh, also Ireland, we can see that the economic transition to the digital solutions has been taking place already for at least a decade, almost 20 years. And now we can see the success taking place. And... Uh, and Finally, unfortunately, we have to say that countries like Bulgaria, Greece, Romania, Italy, which are the lowest performers in the index, they unfortunately have not been able to carry out the needy digital leadership project on digital connectivity and the broader economic structure and the economic model of the country has not been supportive enough to really to, to make sense for the digital investments which are needed. Yeah, thank you for this introduction, Linnar. And now let's take um, component by component what actually happens and what kind of trends we can see. And um, we start today in this podcast about skills and human capital and connectivity. In, and in our next podcast, we will analyze in deep also internet services, business services, and digital government services. So, but now about human capital. Uh, we can see that uh, in European Union, already 85% of the citizens used internet in uh, 2019. So, but what, what, what we can see that the progress still is pretty, pretty slow. There is only two percentages growth uh, what was measured in 2018 and now 2020. So, so the, the basic digital skills are moving pretty slowly forward. Definitely, <clears throat> it's a kind of generational issue. Most probably, there are still a lot of European citizens who are in, uh, in the age more than um, 55, and they are pretty slow to learn <clears throat> how to use internet and digital services and develop their digital skills. So this looks to be a bottleneck, uh, at least in <clears throat> Europe-wide. At the same time, we can observe that, that um, in the countries like Sweden or Denmark, who has also very good historical 
educational system also and also wealthy societies so we can see that also where uh, where digital skills amongst the older population are, are strong and sufficient for today I agree. Digital skills are certainly a backbone of any digital society around the world. But uh, uh, when we are looking uh, and making a deeper dive into the digital skill definition, we need to divide it into uh, separate parts. One is a basic user skills. The fact that I'm able to use a smartphone, I'm familiar with the functionality of the tablet computer or personal computer, I can browse and understand the basic of how to use a service. Also, just the usability is something which is familiar. I'm not afraid of that. However, there are extra other layers. We might say that worldwide, out of the almost 5 billion people on planet Earth which are using Internet on a regular basis, Virtually only maybe 100 million of them have ever been on uh, any sort of computer classroom trainings. The rest have been learned intuitively how to use a technology and sometimes they don't even know and understand what is the functionality behind it, but it works. But in digital skills we need to look broader. In addition to the user skills, you need also to look to something where Denmark, Sweden, Finland have been very strong at. And this is something you mentioned, the education systems, the vocational education system and broader universities universities and higher education. And that means that you have also people who are able to develop an IT systems and you have also people who are able to maintain the IT systems who are able to design the systems and this is not any longer something which needs to be taught in one engineering environment but those societies who have broadened the the deeper digital skills to all spheres, including healthcare professionals who are digitally skilled and understand what they need to do to make an e-health happen, and those who are in education or in transport or in industry or in agriculture, they are better equipped for competitiveness and also for better return on investment on any digital investment they are making. Yeah, basically we can... We can split those skills into basic digital skills, what, are, what you just mentioned. There is a next level is a software skills, what means that you can, you can basically use Microsoft Office package or any other, a little bit more specific software. And finally, the third layer is ICT specialists, advanced skills, who can, can use as a developers or maintainers of the systems. And when you need already specific education, I have a either vocational or uh, or university degree. In Europe, in 2018, a little bit more than 9 million people worked for ICT, um, as an ICT specialist across Europe. Actually, I was a little bit surprised. I was thinking that it's, uh, it's a bit the bigger number, considering that there is more than half billion people living in European Union. So in, in Germany, 1.6, in UK, 1.6, in French... France uh, 1.1, so it's even those nine millions are pretty concentrated to the to the biggest countries, but but it's clear that uh, we need more of them. 
And uh, this is something which we may call a European paradox in a sense, a digital paradox. We have still a very good high education, very good research facilities, but translating that into uh, digital professionals and new digital products has not been the strength of Europe. Uh, over 64% of the large enterprises and over half of the small and medium-sized enterprises in Europe are saying that they have hard to recruit ICT specialists because uh, there are no skilled people on the market available. So it's a broader approach which is needed now in Europe to increase the kind of second layer or second wave of digital professionals which are needed in all the sectors around the countries and not only in Europe. We see the shortage of the digital skills as an emerging trend worldwide and globally. And uh, when uh, we recognize that virtually 100% of the economic sector and social sphere is using and can use digital solutions, then it's not enough that uh, less than 1% of your employment market or population is uh, digital professionals. You need to at least to, to double that uh, level in order to maintain at least some sort of critical mass and competence in your country. Now let's move forward to the connectivity issue, what is the third topic we'd like to cover today in our podcast. So connectivity is definitely kind of also a fundamental issue and European Union has, has made a really huge progress by, by reducing roaming prices or actually removing them. Uh, also broadband connectivity has, has developed really rapidly, including mobile connectivity. So what is the picture, what we can see from this DESI report about connectivity in European Union? One of the biggest uh, progress is really made uh, in European Union for, towards the digital single market has been certainly a, uh, a roaming uh, prices uh, removal and, uh, and that is something which is making an, an, uh, an always on wherever you are in uh, European Union territory uh, something which everybody considers as a new normality. But anyway, most of the people still stay stay in their hometown and and the home broadband, business broadband and everyday mobile broadband is, is the issue what this should be measured and me, making things actually happening. Precisely. So uh, despite the high level of internet connectivity, we would say that the European Union in a broad sense uh, has... Uh, um, one of the best connected regions on the planet Earth, uh, there are still differences in between the countries. And there are a couple of differences uh, and, uh, and also the overall approaches. Uh, there are countries which are doing also very well, not only in 4G, but also on 5G deployment. And uh, that is something which is, uh, uh, when we're looking to Europe, that we are lagging behind. The 5G deployment has been having a very small and little progress. Uh, the spectrum assignments only for the 5G have been in place uh, 
in only 17 of the, which is virtually almost a bit more than a half of the countries. And only Finland, Germany, Hungary and Italy have been the countries where some sort of 5G utilization has been taking place. Okay, but the technology is not ready yet. It is uh, to a certain applications, and those countries who are leading and pioneering are also having an opportunity to use and utilize it, in, especially for the industrial uh, internet use. But when we're looking to the to the broadband development, then the the true uh, uh, next generation. Uh, networks which are not based on the copper but fiber to home and delivering a broader and better connectivity are really only lacking lagging behind and only starting to evolve it's I think what we need urban to... level uh, and urban urbanized europe is well connected there are no troubles with that but we understand very well but the mile mile after the city precisely is a nightmare already and uh, and that is something where only a mobile solution is only Uh, uh, the the working uh, condition for the internet in the in the rural areas and the heavy investments or the partnership investments and stimulus packages from the government to the rural areas is something which is making a small uh, small step upwards over the last couple of years when we saw that the rural internet increase has not been taking up very well then only over the last two three years it has been a little bit improving and getting better i not that much agree with you that rural should be only mobile because mobile connectivity always have uh, certain limitations and if you are discussing about proper broadband today in europe We are aiming about gigabyte internet, not only 10 megabyte download, what might be definitely something uh, something outside of Europe even. So, um, so definitely we need to think about uh, next generation networks, next generation connectivity, because what we see also in Europe and what we learned during pandemic uh, COVID-19, that people like to live in countryside, they like to work from country houses, There is a lot of industry also in countrysides and they need the similar connectivity like uh, people in the cities and, and businesses in the cities. So this is the big challenge in most of the European countries, how to cover all, all the places where people are living or most of the places where people are living with really fiber optic uh, broadband uh, a backbone network and later also with access network. And this will be definitely very supportive also for the mobile connectivity because the same broadband backbone could be used by the mobile operators to provide 5G services. And in 5G, as we all know, we need much more antennas rather than in 3G or 4G currently. So, so rolling out fiber optics across the countries is a long way and long-run investment like we built maybe 60-70 years ago electricity lines and as we built 100 years ago roads for the, for the countries. Uh, DESI uh, index, the digital economy and society index of Europe uh, is also good in looking for the particular leaders. And there are three countries in Europe where uh, very high capacity network 
uh, accessibility is delivered to at least 90% of homes, which in one word are top leaders of the Europe in digital connectivity. Those countries are Malta, Denmark and Luxembourg. Small well, countries. Small countries, however... We need to look that those three countries have done something differently. So if there is another country on planet Earth who would like to have a digital broadband connectivity as a political priority and top priority for the country, I would recommend to go and to look what has done Malta a small island country, what has done Luxembourg, a small but landlocked country, what has done Denmark, a a larger island country, kind of country with a lot of small islands and, and, and also with a rather high rural population, what have they done differently? And those learning exercises could benefit any other country when moving forward. But broader in Europe, uh, Almost 80% of the household have some sort of fixed broadband subscription already, and this uh, uh, is way higher than five years ago. So the demand and supply moves hand in hand also in Europe. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from eGovernance Academy. We covered DESI Index 2020 and covering both methodology, skills and connectivity issues and welcome back to listening us next week when we cover internet services, business services and digital government services. Thank you for listening us. Linnar Wieck and Hannes Astok, thank you for listening. Thank you and all the best.